0: Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, powered by StatRoute.com. And now, here's your host,
1: Ryan Skullroom. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. I am not alone tonight. Hey, I have. You're alive. <laughs> Justin you're alive Uh, I've got my brother Justin who uh, to be completely honest is one of the main reasons that we still even have a podcast or even started a podcast uh, for Skull King football
0: because we're good but we we started one because of me
1: yeah and Justin was the one that really pushed me to to do this and and so I'm very appreciative of him and I'm glad that he is back on the show tonight so um, yes we' here's here's last night uh, last night's show yesterday show we, I went over my guys five of the guys I really really liked for um, this next season I wanted as many shares of as I could get tonight we've got a couple little things we're gonna discuss do some news and notes and then we are going to go over our um, don't touch this um, avoid like the plague avoid like the plague um, I wish I could have hammer time playing in the background <laughs> as we through don't touch this okay anyways so that's that's what we're doing tonight so we've got uh, a few players apiece that we are avoiding um pretty much at all costs uh in uh in this uh in the drafts coming up for 2019 so um for real quick so um again if you're watching the uh watching the podcast here on youtube uh, you will see that uh, again. We have our, our kind of little note thing here to sign up for our NFL Pick'em contest on PlayBalto.com. I'm not sure. I have to look. I think you can actually go into PlayBalto and search for um, search for uh, specific pools. If not, you can find our little post about it on our Facebook page, on our Facebook discussion group, on our Twitter account um on my personal twitter account we've got it in a whole bunch of groups all over the place so you know again go to skulking football um on uh facebook and you should be able to find the link to join our uh nfl pick'em contest for this year the winner at the end of the season will get a signed marcus peters jersey so
0: officially jsa certified as well
1: thank you so much
0: um it's but, not me with a sharpie writing <laughs> Marcus
1: <laughs> Peters on the jersey. Yeah, it so, is official. It is official and authenticated. So, um, so there's that. Um, continue to, um, you know, if you have not had your draft yet, make sure again to go to skulkingfootball.com, uh, go to the store page and buy our draft guide to help you prepare for this season's draft. Um, you can get it for five dollars for the PDF. Uh ten dollars for the web version that has some extra articles and uh strategy stuff as well. Uh one more thing. I believe if you're if you follow us on Sleeper, on the Sleeper app, um we are doing our listener league this year on Sleeper 16 team super flex league. This is going to be absolutely intense. Um the draft uh, is t- it's where the big boys play. <laughs> 12 bench spots
0: 12 bench spots and a super flex
1: It's a super flex with 12 bench spots Two running backs, two wide receivers I believe, is it two flexes And a super flex or is it three flexes And a super flex It's two flexes and a super flex So technically
0: three positions. Three flex positions, one can be 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 a super flex
1: Um, One tight end No kickers I believe we're still doing team defenses And an IDP with twelve bench spots, there's going to be no one left on the waiver wire once this draft is over. Twenty four rounds. Ronald Jones has a has a chance of getting drafted. <laughs> uh, he may zing. No, no, no. Get, no. Ronald Jones has a shot at being a mid round pick in this draft. That's how deep this draft is going to be. So
0: when when you go twenty four rounds, sure he could be a mid round. He could be a six. I don't know. It's going to be. Long. I think so.
1: Yeah. Um, but. Uh, let me actually pull it up in Sleeper real quick. I believe that uh, Mad Dog Aaron Kagan, who's one of our uh, quarterback writers and who's who's running the league this year, has actually posted in our um, in our channel that you can actually watch. I believe our draft unfold so i've got to maybe
0: maybe we host it maybe we we both hop on and and we we kind of talk through our draft tomorrow
1: um i won't be able to do that because it's during dinner so it's well we 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 start the draft i think the draft starts around the time that um that i take dinner to my wife at work so
0: oh have have fun with that
1: so i mean
0: you're the first pick You, you get to pick like every 30 minutes with
1: two minutes per pick, I'll be picking every hour practically. I'll get to pick and then take two. You know, and an hour later, take two picks, and I may still be. I may you know we still may be halfway through it when I can you know hop on and hop <laughs> to the podcast and start and start to uh, start drafting at looking three a.m. So. <laughs> the twelfth <12th> round. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it should be a should be a whole lot of fun. Um, and so yeah, so that's what we're doing. Let me um make sure real quick yep so i believe that's it so that is all that we have for the announcements um i'm very happy to have the first round the the number one pick again this year for the second year in a row in the listener league Um,
0: anything for you last year so
1: i finished fourth well that's just because i was i was a little over i was a little overconfident in david johnson um and yeah i mean it didn't cost me the league um honestly, no. I still wouldn't have finished I still wouldn't have finished well because David Gurley crapped out, you know, right before the fantasy playoffs. Anyways, so
0: Yeah.
1: Um I still had the I still had the I still had a first round buy in the playoffs, so it wouldn't have mattered either way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now that we've gone through all of that, why don't we go ahead and get into today's headlines? Today's headlines. All right. Uh to st- Started off, uh, Texans pass rusher, we're going to get into a little bit of defense here because it's going to affect fantasy relevance for some players on offense. Um, Texans pass rusher, Jadavian Clowney, planned to report this week until he found out the team wanted to trade him. Um, not only that, he fired his agent today, um, and is I don't know if he has a new agent yet. I'd have to look. Um, but he fired his agent today because he felt that talks were not progressing quickly enough, and now you've got the possible trade news. Um, and the mention the two teams or the the team that has been connected to him as a possible trade candidate um, is the uh, Miami Dolphins. And Justin, you said you had a you had a couple things on on that real quick.
0: Well, w- what's been reported is that it could be Kenyon Drake and Kenny Stills as possible trade baits in a potential deal for a sign and trade with Houston, because as we all know, and I know harshly that Lamar Miller just went down on his first touch in preseason. Um, I don't know if this is going to have much traction from a Houston side. There's already been rumors about Kenny Stills. Who's the wide receiver involved in this potentially being cut anyway, why would they trade for a guy who's going to be cut that they could re-sign for whatever they want?
1: Because they don't know for sure if he's actually going to get cut.
0: True, um, but I if, if this is a deal that's going to happen with Miami, I don't see it happening for September f- until like September fifth when the season starts. I mean, there one it takes stills to get past the cut. Um, and they're going to need to move on it quick if they want Clowney to know some defensive plays, um, and Houston's going to want Kenyon Drake to get up to speed and Kenny Stills get up to speed because they need to replace Lamar Miller and Kiki Kuti for the first couple of games as he rehabs from his injury. So I think this one has more legs than the Seahawk piece, which you'll get to here right now.
1: Yeah, so the other, the other um, rumors that have been around is that The two teams that he would like, that Jadavian Clowney would like to go to, that feel that, you know, he would have the best um, spot with, is the Seattle Seahawks and the Philadelphia Eagles, I believe. And one of the one of the thoughts that was thrown, I don't know if it was put out by an actual writer or if it was just someone a fan speculating, you know, would, how would Seahawks feel if they decided to trade? penny to the texans to get Jadavian Clowney. i thought this it was
0: the fan says no
1: yeah basically and and a lot of them said no some of them said well if you can get jadevion Clowney and make sure that he's actually going to sign that's a possibility because you're getting a top shelf pass rush when we, for right now, we have a pretty loaded um, running back core, and Travis Homer could step into that Rashad Penny roll. So, but, okay, that's enough of that. And, I mean, some of her, the Philadelphia Eagles go, I mean, they have a bunch of running backs that they could send that way. I think Corey Clement was the main guy that was suggested in that piece, so... Um, just it's definitely something to watch. the The trade rumors, the trade winds are are, are still blowing a little bit here and there. So, um, Kyle Shanahan said it's unlikely that wide receiver Trent Taylor will be available for Week One. The only reason I mentioned this is it could mean that. Well, right above that, Jalen Hurd is also questionable for Week One. So, you know, all the all the words, all the rumors saying that Dante Pettis has to earn his starting spot. Who else is going to start? <laughs> i mean he's basically he is the healthy wide receiver it's him and george kittle are the only guys that are healthy and can receive the ball um and, you know debo samuel is the only other one so um seahawks have yet to rule out dk metcalf for week one and with david moore being injured and not necessarily i mean they're going to keep him on the 50 53 man roster they're not going to put him on um they're not going to you know put him to the practice squad or anything they're not going to put him on the pup or anything i think that's huge if dk can play week one no thoughts justin
0: uh, uh i'm a heavy uh, locket owner i think that's is the the thing that i'll say metcalf is a rookie wide receiver i would like to see him play as much as possible Um, the the offense is going to be heavy heavily predicated on the run and then play action pass he's a deep threat but he's a rookie with a full season ahead of us let's not rush him back to get him to play i think i think holding him out unless he's 110 or at least 100 i'd sit him out and and you've got other options i don't think you need dk metcalf to beat cincinnati week one
1: no but i would like to have him in there to play week one i think he would be i think he is a great body to to have playing opposite um tyler lockett so um minor scared eagles practice wide receiver deshaun jackson suffered a broken ring finger on his left hand uh in uh in workout understanding is that it's not he's not expected to miss time and they're not concerned about it like it was it's not something that's you know really gonna hurt him much um I still like him as a deep sleeper to kind of be that deep threat for for the Eagles this year um and so just only reason we really mention this is because he's he's going to be um kind of that sleeper I think that he could you know Put a lot of points up in the first few weeks and could be used as trade bait to someone. So, yes. Texans are not hopeful that Kiki Kuti will be ready for the opener. The reason I mention this is because I think that opens up even more work for Duke Johnson. Um, Because Duke Johnson can play in the slot, um, we're talking about a guy who just two years ago, two years ago, two years ago, I believe, was the what he was a. Running back thirteen or fifteen in PPR leagues. Yes. Um, RB two. Great. He's a phenomenal pass catcher. Um, through last before last season, he was the number one receiver, number one receiving running back in terms of numbers of receptions for the first four years of his career. He led the entire NFL, all the NFL running backs in terms of receptions. The guy can get it done in receiving. He's not going to have the heavy heavy load that some people are expecting because he's the number 1 running back right now. So, um because of Kuti being out, I think that opens up a little more a little more work for Duke Johnson.
0: The the thing that I'll say there is it only opens up for Duke Johnson if and that's if they move him to the slot position. True. The history of the last 5 years, and this is why I've been a little hesitant on Duke Johnson since going to Houston. I liked him more at Cleveland, ironically enough, um, because they know him and they they utilized him or they would utilize him. Um, My nervousness with Houston is that over the last five years, they have thrown the least amount of passes to the running back position for a five-year span. I don't think that changes with Duke Johnson. Because Bill O'Brien doesn't throw to the running back position as much as the rest of the league does. So, great. If Duke Johnson goes out to the slot, we know what Kiki got last year when he was healthy and playing. And so, Duke Johnson, similar, quick slant, get him the ball in space, let him run type of a player. Great. But if he's coming out of the backfield, he's not going to get a lot of catches.
1: Yeah. All right, let's uh, – uh, one more thing here. Ron Rivera said that there is no doubt in my mind that Cam Newton will be ready for the season opener against the Rams. Uh, Newton had a good workout and threw the ball well. Um, that's great for those who actually want to draft uh, Cam Newton. I do not. So, uh,
0: I don't mind, especially in a four-point passing touchdown league. He's almost a lock to be a top five uh, quarterback top because eight. of his ability to – Top five for me, top eight for you. Uh, Quarterback, uh, if he can stay marginally healthy. I mean, he was more or less banged up last year and and performed very, very well in four-point touchdown passing leagues. So uh, I'd go get him. The injury didn't scare me um, because he's played through injuries. And and for those of you who watched the uh, the Amazon Prime piece on uh, the Panthers from last season, the dude wants to play. And you're going to have to pull him off the field. And this is week one. He was going to be ready
1: all right and one last thing on the ezekiel elliott hype train or you know news train whatever you want to call it um the i mean the the question here is: can disgruntled star ezekiel elliott reach a compromise with the dallas cowboys before week one um as of 17 hours ago the quote was i don't think we're close because there hasn't been a lot of activity Uh, right now i wouldn't say that i feel anything is imminent so right now we are still just waiting. So for those I would I would say he is not
0: playing week 1. No. He is
1: not going to play week 1. So if you can, you know, if you've got Tony Pollard, fire him up. If you've drafted Ezekiel Elliott, you better have drafted Tony Pollard. Yes. If, if you did not draft Ezekiel Elliott and drafted Tony Pollard, good for you. <laughs> you've been listening. So, very low risk, high reward. Yep. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get into our stories. We're, we're I mean, we're going to try to get this done semi quickly, but quick. we can. Uh, why don't we go ahead and get it? We're going to get into our "Don't Touch This" um, section of the show. And so, Justin, why don't you go ahead and start off with your first, your first, uh, your first guy?
0: Uh, my first guy, currently ADP quarterback number eleven. Kyler Murray. Now, as I as I came to this conclusion, I wanted to give you someone who was going to be drafted in the QB1 range that's 12 and above, but not be the same guy everyone's been talking about in Pat Mahomes. My mother has said don't draft Pat Mahomes in the first couple of rounds. He'll be don't draft him as the first quarterback. Everyone's been saying that. I wanted to give a, a different perspective. So, for me, the reasons why I am avoiding Kyler Murray are threefold. Number one, the Cardinals are implementing an entirely new offense. An entirely new offense. The air raid. This is a horrible idea. Uh, In college, I love watching college football on Saturday. The air raid is great. It's run by WSU, a, a home state team, does it very, very well. Cliff Kingsbury's coach. Mike Leach runs it at WSU, it's great. When you don't have pro-level corners at every corner position, when you can exploit inferior players at at the the cornerback three or the cornerback four in dime, in nickel, in prevent, when you can run five receivers out there and you know that you've you've got elite talent at the wide receiver because that's all that WSU drafts is receivers. You can exploit those matchups. Well, guess what? In the NFL, every freaking corner on that 53-man roster is a pro-level corner. You cannot exploit it the way you can in college. Number two, the reason why I'm not taking uh, Murray, Cliff Kingsbury. The dude was 35 and 40 as a college coach. Please explain to me how he has an NFL job. I think he can be a great coach. His first NFL job based off his college career should not be a head coach offensive coordinator yes not a not a head coach so head coach brand new rookie head coach new entirely new offensive system and number 3 the cardinals were 3 and 13 last year you can't tell me that that roster turns it around that quickly the highest margin plus or or i read a stat that the highest a team can improve upon their last year the highest number ever was 6 plus wins so take that as a three-win or 3 win team plus six to get a nine-win team. Kyler Murray, in order for me to take him at his current spot at 11, is going to need to have a better team than a nine-and-seven team out of the West. I just – I don't see it. Too many variables, not enough consistency. There's enough problems for teams that implement a whole new office anyway with an experienced quarterback. You have issues where – You've got a brand new quarterback learning an entirely new system, but it's an established system. There's just too much working against them in Arizona for me to feel comfortable. I would rather grab big Ben, Phillip rivers, Jared Goff, Lamar Jackson, Jameis Winston, all taken either the pick ahead or the four picks behind. I would rather have all of those before I take Kyler Murray. And I wouldn't take Kyler Murray. If all of those guys were gone, I'd still look deeper.
1: Yeah. I, for me, I, I could get into some of the issues that that have been explained to me by by uh, I guess you could say a source that we have. Should we actually name the source? Yes. Um, uh, we've got a source who is uh, very, very, very knowledgeable, very of the familiar high school football, high school rec- and college Texas. football realm in the state of Texas. Um, and so um, I'm sure he wouldn't care if we actually named him, but we're not going to name him. Um, I like having anonymous sources. It makes us feel more it makes official. <laughs> it makes us feel a so little higher up. Um, here's the here's the deal. Our source knows and has dealt with not only the high school coach for Kyler Murray at quarterback, who his dad, Kyler Murray's dad, played quarterback. Yes. And so Kyler Murray never listened to his. Apparently, this is apparently this. So because we're getting this secondhand, never really listened to his coaches when he went to Texas. Uh A M was that where he went? Texas AM. Um Kyler Murray? Yeah. Kyler Murray came from Oklahoma. No, 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 He originally went to Texas AM. Oh, yeah. Had problems with the coach, didn't listen to the coach, kept going over, you know, dealing with his dad. Didn't want it didn't want to listen to the coach. Coach said you're not going to start, so he transfers out, goes to Oklahoma. And everyone was surprised in Oklahoma when he ends up having this great year behind Baker Mayfield. We even, you know you listen to the interview that we had with um with the play by play guy for Oklahoma he was surprised by the year they had so we're talking about a guy that can you know if the coach will you know can deal with that and and you know not necessarily have to have him listening to him all the time okay, maybe you know our source said wait and listen for week six week seven. And wait to see if he starts saying, well, baseball's not off the table yet. Yeah, I'm a
0: firm believer that uh Kyler Murray is known because he played at Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield was the quarterback before. So everyone see how Oklahoma respond in the absence of Baker Mayfield. Yep. And they played well.
1: Yep. All right. So we're I'm I'm done beating the dead horse because I have gone off on yes. Kyler Murray. Over and over and over again. So uh, we're going to go ahead and go to my my top player that I am avoiding. I'm avoiding. Do not touch this, Amari Cooper. Um, I've uh, I've talked about this before. <laughs> Justin's like yes. Um, I talked about this before. Um, I talked about this on uh, on the Sports Exchange, the sports radio program that I um I work with and I'm the fantasy analyst for. You look at what Amari Cooper did last year in eight games with the or was it seven games whatever with the um with the Raiders had an okay season not great but only had two games where he had over 75 yards two games over 100 yards um he had you know one reception for nine two for 17 one for ten zero for zero um against Seattle got absolutely shut out in that Seattle London game has only two games the entire season or or with, uh, with Oakland, of over 75 yards. Has only two games with the Cowboys over 76 yards. It just so happens, in those four games combined, he has 116, 128, 180, and 217. In those four games, he had a combined six of his seven touchdowns. 70%, 65% 70%, 65% of his production comes in four games. You look at what he did in the fantasy playoffs. 4 for 32, 4 for 20, 5 for 31. That's not what I want on my fantasy team. I don't want that kind of back and forth. So, um I'm there's avoiding not much, There's not much fourth there. <laughs> well, there's a little bit of fourth. Um so I don't want that kind of I mean when he moved to Dallas, it was better for Dak Prescott's numbers than it was for Amari Cooper's numbers, because it provided an actual threat, quote unquote, threat—a target to throw to. A to. Well, not only just a target that 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 someone had to focus on, so that he could actually hit other targets. You know, to- we're
0: talking about Swaim as a tight end streamer in week. Twelve and thirteen last year—that's a problem.
1: Yeah, but I mean, that's—but that was because Amari Cooper was pulling was pulling extra coverage, so that yeah. But that—that's that—that's
0: the type of targets that he had last year before Amari Cooper came in. Now, the other thing that I'll say with Amari Cooper, before I get to my joke, um, Amari Cooper was doing that. He did that against the Chiefs. The Chiefs were a horrible defense last year. He exploded. So of course, of course, he had a great game against arguably the worst defense in the league last year. Now what hurt the chiefs defense was the fact that their offense was putting up so many points, so they couldn't hardly catch their breath. Um, but to me, and, and I said this to you earlier today, Amari Cooper is like the sparklier or fancier Devonte Parker. <laughs> we keep waiting for the, the breakoutness to happen. And he's had flashes. Devante Parker hasn't really had flashes, um, unless you're a Miami beat reporter. Um, I just don't <laughs> see the consistency. And for me, where Amari Cooper's being drafted, even if he were a fall around or, or two, I just don't see Amari Cooper being able to return consistent value on that investment. And without Zeke, this offense is in serious trouble because the offense runs through him and he won't be there week one, arguably won't be there week two. Um, yeah, I just, I'm with you. I'm not taking Amari Cooper at all,
1: but I want Tony Pollard. Sure. All right. So there's, okay. So there's Amari Cooper. Um, Justin, let's move on to your next one.
0: Uh, my next one, uh, may shock a few people. Um, but obviously out, but running back position outside of the obvious of Zeke in the first round, Melvin Gordon altogether, I would avoid, um, because I don't think he plays, until like week 10 I am not going to grab Le'Veon Bell um to me what I don't get is how everyone has dropped Antonio Brown to the end of the second round but we're keep the seventh pick in the first round um do we forget that he didn't play at all last year um do we have we not heard the the reports that Ty Montgomery is going to get a little bit of a timeshare out of the gate so that Le'Veon Bell can get up to speed that's not what you want to hear from your first pick in the draft. Uh the other issue that I have uh is that they're going to face tough de- tough defenses to start. They start with the Bills, Browns, Patriots, Eagles, Cowboys, Patriots, Jaguars. Those are some tough defenses out of the gate. The Bills, nah, the Patriots,
1: uh, don't under- don't uh, under- under- the- underestimate the Bills. The Bills had a sol- have had a solid defense.
0: Yes, other than the first you- two weeks last year. But but look at the rest of these. We got the Browns, who's got a very dangerous front four. The Patriots, who have got a solid defense, even even with um, Pat Chung having being indicted, um, and then the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Patriots again, and then the Jaguars. The Jets haven't had a player rush for more than eight hundred and fifty yards in a season since Chris Ivory did it back in two thousand and fifteen. I don't see this offense doing that. Um and if you like Adam Gase, I don't see it. We saw him in Miami. I don't see it.
1: Um the other issue, I liked I liked Adam Gase when he was just an offensive coordinator and Peyton Manning was throwing. How's that? Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> anyone would like it when Peyton Manning's throwing the ball. Um but he hasn't played for an for a full season. Um he hasn't played for He hasn't played an entire season since 2014. Le'Veon Bell has had one full season under his belt in his career. He hasn't played in a full year. Why isn't he dropping further in drafts? I won't take him at all because I think it's too risky in the first round. If he were to drop to the second round, I still don't like him because he's too risky. There's no way he drops to the third round. I just I am going to walk away because there's too much inconsistency uh, in terms of he hasn't played in a year. Uh, There is too much uh, difficulty to start the year. Now I'm going to throw this little caveat here. Don't draft him, but look to trade for him maybe week six or seven because he'll get through the gauntlet of his schedule. He'll be warmed up. You'll see what he can do, and then he'll have easier teams the rest of the way.
1: And people will be tired of tired of having to deal with him.
0: People will be tired of having to deal with him. The team will be desperate because they're probably going to be two and four or two and six, depending on when you get this trade in, and they're going to look to offload him. You can grab him for a little bit cheaper than you would as a as a first, and then you've got him during the easier part of the schedule the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm with you on this one on on avoiding Le'Veon Bell. And if you were to fall to the third, I might, depending on what the rest, you know, my first couple picks were. But for the most part, I'm, you know, I am, I can't go into a season with my number one or number two, or my my number one running back having not played in 20 months. I just, yeah. I can't do it. Not having any game experience in 20 months. So, um, even with how talented he is, you're also looking at, the difference between playing with the Steelers' offensive line, which is you know under Mike Munchak is one of the greatest offensive lines ever. I and mean, they just phenomenal yes. every year. Going to the Jets' offensive line, that we just we don't know what they have. So, I'm I'm not going anywhere to that. So, all yep. right, moving on. Derek Henry. I am avoiding, like the plague. Don't touch this. See, again, my my joke for the most part is that Amari Cooper is the wide receiver version of Derrick Henry. Let's look at what Derrick Henry did in 2018. Now, I understand that people want to make the argument that he wasn't used as a bell cow in 2018. They didn't you know use him as much as they should have. They kept splitting carries with with Dion Lewis. He still had multiple games of 10 of 10, 11, 12 plus carries. He had two games of 18 carries where he finished with 56 and 57 yards in the beginning of the season. Then you look at what he did, and you'll go all the way through week 13. He has like 430 or, I think it's like 400, 430 rush yards. Then we hit week 14, first week of the fantasy playoffs. 17 carries, 238 yards, and four touchdowns. The next week, 33 carries for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Then 21 carries for 64 yards and a touchdown in championship week. Then you even go into week 17, 16 carries for 93 yards. He had 60% of his yardage, and half of his touchdowns come in the last four weeks of the season. I don't trust that kind of production to continue into this next year if Marcus Mariota 1 is not healthy and cannot do anything on the offense, and if he's not healthy and Ryan Tannehill has to be the quarterback. Sorry. There is not enough quarterback consistency to pull eight-man boxes. He faced more eight-man boxes last year than anyone in the league, I believe. I'd have to go back and look at the next-gen stats. But he's in, like, if he's not number one, he's in the top five. Like, 35% of his carries or something. Over a third of his carries were against eight-man stacked boxes. They're going to continue to do that because Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill are the top two quarterbacks for the Tennessee Titans. So because of that, I am not going anywhere near Derrick Henry because I don't think he's going to provide the value, even in the third round where he's been going, I don't think he's gonna provide the value um that that you're looking for at that position. Uh, I'm gonna do I'm gonna piggyback off of this,
0: but I'm gonna I'm gonna change something here. I'm going to give an honorable mention of a guy that I am really down on and I thought about having here as a do not touch. And you may think I'm crazy, but there's a correlation here. Who was the offensive coordinator last year for Derrick Henry?
1: Matt LaFleur, who's now the head coach in Green Bay.
0: So who's the who's the lead running back right now at Green Bay?
1: Uh, probably Aaron Jones.
0: Yeah, he is. I don't want Aaron Jones. Nope. Because if Matt LaFleur can't get a better, more talented running back in Derrick Henry...
1: With a better offensive line.
0: With a better offensive line... To rush for any significance what makes you think that he's going to do it at lambeau field for the packers i i don't see it now i'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt but that still doesn't mean that i'm gonna take aaron jones where he's currently being drafted if he drops and other people are down on him which his his draft stock has slipped over the last couple of days um i think because other people see it but i wasn't fully committed as a do not touch I like Jamal Williams as a solid handcuff because you can get him and maybe it's your last pick or your thirteenth or fourteenth pick in a draft, and one slip up from Adams or from Jones, I mean, and there's Jamal Williams. So that's my honorable mention. No slides, sorry tangent.
1: That's okay. Uh, quick, quick correction: Derrick Henry with, was eighth last year in facing eight-man boxes at thirty-two percent. The next guy that I'm going to talk about was third with 35%. All So okay All right, so Justin, let's go ahead and get to your last uh, don't touch this. Yeah,
0: my last don't touch this comes from a tight end position, and that's going to be Jared Cook. Um, now, some may say that Jared Cook's not a reach where he's currently being drafted. Um, let me pull that up uh, on, on his current uh, ADP status as I continue to talk through uh, the rest of this. But since the induction of Alvin Kamara into the Saints offense, they just do not use the tight end position. Uh, Jared Cook's currently being drafted uh, as the seventh tight end overall uh, in the 12 man draft. He's being drafted uh, in the sixth round as the 10th pick. Um, But my issue is here's the stats from 2016 when Colby Flaner, who's another kind of disappointment based off the, the high expectations back in 2016 for what he could do. The team had 70 receptions from the tight end position, 50 from Fleener, 15 from Josh Hill, five from Josh Phillips. Josh Phillips. In 2017, Alvin Kumar's first year, the tight end position took a nosedive and got 44 receptions. Fleener had 22, Josh Hill had 16, and the Hawaiian, who I cannot pronounce his last name, Hu Yeah. Sure. Good luck. Had six. Sure. Had six. Um, next year. Last year, 2018. 41 receptions. It keeps going down. Watson had 35. Josh Hill had 16. If I was a betting man, I'd put Josh Hill at 15 or 16 receptions this year. Because the last three years, 15, 16, 16. But back to Cook. Cook has also only ever been a tight end one once last season that was last year can you name another raiders wide receiver that is not named jordy nelson from last year
1: uh amari cooper for the first half of the season
0: (laughs) who finished with the raiders smart ass (laughs) um
1: no not i mean not off the top of my head
0: no one really of note so it's almost Kittle argument, which we've we've spoken how Kittle's set for regression and nauseum so far, but he was really the only target for Carr to consistently throw to. So now that there are many more options and Breeze isn't throwing to the tight end, what makes us think that Jared Cook, though he got a fat signing bonus, is going to return tight end one numbers? Unless they change their offense.
1: Which they're not gonna do. Which they're
0: not gonna, they're not gonna do because it's worked. I would much rather have Latavius Murray in this offense than Jared Cook because Latavius Murray is going to be a poor man's Mark Ingram from last year. He'll probably get about 75% of the production because he's probably going to get 75% of the workload that Ingram Ingram had last year. He's going to get some goal line targets. John Payton has said that Kamara is not going to get unleashed. He kind of chuckled at that. like He's not going to get infinitely more targets just because Ingram's gone. But Cook will not return tight end seven value at his pick. I'm not touching him. The Saints haven't used tight end in years.
1: Not gonna happen. Yeah, this kind of piggybacks off all the all the, was it all the Kobe Fleener you know hype from a couple years ago,
0: which and, I fell for. Yeah, so did hard, I, and I might still be bitter. <laughs> um, but we all make mistakes. We, we all make we mistakes. all make
1: mistakes, and we're willing to admit to those mistakes here on this yes. podcast. Um. Yeah, I'm with you. The just looking at the way that they play the offense, it's it's Michael Thomas, occasionally whoever their wide receiver two is, whether that's going to be Ted Ginn or whether Traquan Smith finally takes over the position, and then it's Alvin Kamara and you know whoever the running back two is. Yep. With a little bit of work to to the tight end, so with a little
0: pepper to the tight end. Yeah. All right. three or four targets a game.
1: <laughs> All right, we've got one more person that we're going to cover tonight. Uh, that's me and. I, you know, some people would are, are going to expect this from a guy like me that typically, especially in PPR leagues, drafts zero RB, drafts very wide receiver heavy in the beginning of draft. So my last one is Leonard Fournette. And here's, let's look at, let's look at what Leonard Fournette has done the last couple of years. Um, again, let's go, we were talking about the next gen stats. Leonard Fournette last year was third in the league in terms of facing eight man boxes uh 35% of all of his carries were against an 8 man box um average time behind the line of scrimmage i mean he is he, it's awful i mean let's see actually it uh, wasn't actually wasn't actually too bad compared to what it could have been um he was only behind the line of scrimmage 2.63 uh seconds so i mean he would get up to the line of scrimmage pretty well it's just he couldn't get loose after that you know, you look at his average was it his average yards per carry, 3.3. He's never been above 4. you know, 4 yards a carry in his career. 37, I think the year before uh, in his rookie year. He missed 3 games in season 1, he missed 8 games last year. His hamstrings have been an issue since LSU. So this hamstring issue isn't anything new since he got to the NFL. It was a problem in college too. Yeah, he was the first
0: uh for those of you who follow college football, he was kind of the first to um give the proverbial pass to the bowl game
1: to go focus on the NFL career. Yeah. Uh so I'm not I'm not going anywhere near that. I mean, if you look at the look at the ADP, going on uh fantasy football calculator and the the ADP, these are guys that I want that are going within four to five picks above and below. These are guys I would rather have than Leonard Fournette at that spot. Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Damian Williams, Adam Thielen, and then Leonard Fournette going, you know, pick 24. Uh, I'd rather have Kerryon Johnson, even though I'm a little more – I'm kind of shaky on his his, – not only his ability to stay healthy, but also the fact that the Detroit Lions are god-awful – and the, the the Lions staff has even said they don't believe that he is has the ability to be a three-down back. That's why they brought in C.J. Anderson. Keenan Allen, I'd be willing to draft Pat Mahomes, a quarterback early, than take Leonard Fournette at the end of the second round.
0: Would you rather have Chris Carson or Leonard Fournette?
1: Chris Carson in a heartbeat. I would rather have Chris Carson. <laughs> and here's why. Here's why. The Seahawks this isn't again this I know we're Seahawks fans this is not a homer pick this is look at the stats Chris Carson averages more yards per more yards per carry has a better offensive line ish I mean the Jags have struggled with their offensive line just like the Seahawks have has a much better quarterback to be able to push uh, to be able to um you know pull the eight man boxes away has and has the most run heavy offense in the league. Yeah. That's gonna be force fed. So would you rather have I'm gonna do this
0: to you. Would you rather have Derrick Henry or Leonard Fournette?
1: <laughs> I think that Derrick Henry can stay healthier. So I would probably say Derrick Henry in the fourth round than than Leonard Fournette who's going at the end of the second.
0: Yeah, I, I would much rather have Derrick Henry at 311 or 4 1. I'd
1: much rather have Josh. I mean, Aaron, I'd rather have Chris Carson. I'd rather have Josh Jacobs. I'd rather have Derrick. Uh, I would draft David Montgomery at the end of the second round before I draft Leonard Fournette. Would you rather have Philip Lindsay or Leonard Fournette? Philip Lindsay. Even with him splitting carries, his ability to get loose and to wiggle is so much more um, helpful than Leonard Fournette, who basically it's like running into a brick wall over and over again.
0: Yeah, and he's more one-dimensional than than the others. Correct. He doesn't really get involved in the pass game, even though they've said in the offseason that they wanted to get him more touches in the pass game. It, I'll believe it when I see it. Now Nick Foles brings some, some different things. Um, their wide receiver core is kind of taking a hit. D.D. Westbrook's a great grab late. Good um, value pick. Yeah, I, I, would, I would avoid Leonard Fournette. Um Injury reasons. I mean, injuries kind of are a common thread within our our lists here, <laughs> or or they have or they were what I would call a flash in the pan. Jared Cook, one year as an RB one. Derek Henry. I mean, tight end one, or tight end one. Derek Henry flashed at the end of last season. Um, uh, Amari Cooper flashed at the end of last season. No consistency. Maybe on Bell didn't even play last year. So these are not stretches these are don't outsmart yourself don't get too cute avoid these guys
1: yeah um so yeah i mean one thing to look for is especially late reichwell armstead in jacksonville if you've seen some of just some of the tape from him in practice he is trucking guys he's about the size of leonard fournette not quite as fast but has a little more wiggle than leonard fournette does um he has been trucking even the 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 linebackers of the Jags in practice. So, all right, well, that is it. That is what we have for you tonight. We want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to the Skull King fantasy football podcast. Remember to hit that subscribe button, whether you are on YouTube, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, the billion or so uh, places that you can find a Spotify. I believe we're even on Spotify. So anchor, anchor, Follow us on Anchor. Also, if you're on Anchor and you follow us, you can leave a voice message for us to play here on the podcast. So, um, yeah, so please follow us. Leave us a rating and review. Let us know what we can do better, or just let us know that we're perfect and that you love us. We're fine with either. So, all right, guys. Thank you again for listening. My name is Ryan. This is Justin. And we will talk to you guys later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.